I'm Susan Caruso, the founding director of Sunflower Creative Arts, and you are listening to the Sunflower Bridge podcast, where we talk about being with children. And I'm Lindsay Mills, the co-creator of Sunflower Bridge. Take a breath, really deep, and smile with us. (laughs) Today we're going to pick up where we left off last week, and we're going to talk about formal lessons. Because when you talk about the arts, inevitably, this is the first kind of line of questioning that comes up for caregivers. Yeah, and um, there's there's some real, we've thought a lot about it, we've talked a lot about it, there's a lot of research on it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, who, who says that you need to have, have lessons? Who says that you need to have um, lessons to learn how to do something? So last time we talked about how all of the arts are there for us, for our own self-expression, and that it really is the idea of the process rather than the product. And um, I personally, I wanted to play the flute for you know, a long time, for years, before mm. I was allowed to play the oh, flute. Yeah. Didn't you discover it through Peter and the Wolf? Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. I heard, um, I think it was on one of the young people's concerts that Leonard Bernstein did with the New York Philharmonic, and um, I remember, you know, and I watched all of those things. It was just, I was fascinated. And then I heard the flute first, and uh, and I was like, what is that, that I need to, I need to, I love that sound. Yeah. And um, so from from that point, um, for years, I just begged my parents, I want to play the flute, I want to play the flute, I want to play the flute. Mm. Um, I didn't really start until I was about 10, which in reality was very good because developmentally your brain really isn't ready to, um, to understand that you know the the pedagogy and the mm-hmm. repetitiveness and there's that skill building and that muscle building that you need to do in order to get what you want want to get you know mm-hmm. so if i had started the flute much younger when mm-hmm. i was asking i would not have had the the capacity physically or and my brain was, wouldn't have been ready to understand that you know it's around 9 years old even though i was really i was asking i want to play i want to play, yeah. play and i did get a recorder and, and that was a good beginning thing to fool around with and to play a little bit but um brain development wise you're really not ready until around 9 mm-hmm. and um so it was not a horrible thing that i had to wait until i was about 10 to play yeah and um and, you know, you do, you know, to get proficient, you need to, there are things you need to do. And you have an idea in your mind of what you want to be able to, the sound that you want to have. Yeah. And the things that you want to play and the songs that you want to play. So around nine is really a good time to to start those kinds of lessons. Um, because then you're ready, brain development-wise and, um, and physically, too. You're more ready to do those kinds of things around an instrument. Yeah. Um, until then, you know, fooling around with, you know, playing around with the materials, playing mm-hmm. around with the sounds of music, um, to have a lot of instruments in the house and to just plunk around on them. Right. Um, 
And I, you know, I think that I was probably in an advantage a bit to, to have started right when I was really ready, because then I started and I really took off ah, and could I do what, what I wanted to do with the instrument. Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing Peter and the Wolf <laughs> uh -huh. for a long time, but um, I got to really do it. And, and, and like I said in the last episode, it just really became my voice and um, my confidence and my 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 self-expression in all the ways and it still still is to this day yeah you still cherish that instrument and your relationship with it and the the things you're able to do with it mm -hmm. and compare your experience with mine where i was growing up in a household of musicians mm -hmm. and so there was music all around there were instruments in the house there was lots of uh, records we would listen to music together and so I got lots of exposure and I was curious and wanting to learn piano at around five and so I started with Suzuki style lessons I think that was to my advantage because Suzuki as far as uh, methodologies go it is more on the side of uh, ear training and and learning based on your your inner knowing rather than learning theory right off the bat mm -hmm. and yet I look back on the years of piano lessons that I had at that age and the thing that I remember most is the ice cream sundaes that I would have <laughs> after my lesson <laughs> So I I don't recall the um the lessons as much. I and I think that speaks to my developmental stage at the time and that I knew that I needed to follow the instructions of the teacher and to come with uh, having practiced whatever it was that we worked on the previous week, but I did that for the reason that I would get an ice cream afterwards. <laughs> it wasn't because I was so passionate about learning the notes in the in the chart. Um, so, of course, later at around 12, uh, seven years into my piano lessons, I was memorizing multiple pages of classical pieces and performing them from memory and doing all of the the competitive music for my age range and yet I didn't want to do it anymore. I had reached this point where the practice felt boring, it felt like I have other things I want to be doing, I have friends, I have you know, all these other interests that had come about by the time I was 12 and fortunately my parents are not hardline and didn't say, well, you are the child of us, so you have to learn music and you have to be formally trained and on and on. And fortunately, uh, they said, you know, if you don't want to do it anymore, that's okay. You just finish the year and then you can move on to something else. And it was not long after I left piano lessons that I started begging my dad to teach me how to play guitar. 
Yeah. So that was your that was your heart instrument. Mm-hmm. And um, so then, how did that go? You were twelve. Mm-hmm. I was really ready. Although it was so new to me that it did not come easily. It was hard. and Hard physically. It was, yes. It, much harder than the piano. I, I think it was wonderful that I started learning music on piano because it is very low impact, I would say. Guitar, my father, bless him, was so patient with me. <laughs> I would get frustrated and burst into tears and like, I can't play the chord, I can't switch the chord, whatever it was. And he would just say, well, you can try it again. You know, you can take a break, you can come back later. And I'm so, so grateful that I had all my teen years of just that casual feeling that we would explore a song together. He would show me what he was learning, what was exciting him about the guitar. And so that it was never compulsory. It was mm-hmm. always just joy, just to to keep the joy and playfulness in learning rather than pushing. The drudgery yes. and, and getting frustrated. Yeah, so that's the thing that we want to keep with young children and children before that age of being really developmentally ready mm-hmm. um, is that joy of the exploration of the sounds. And so, you know, just fooling around with keyboards, you know, to have mm-hmm. a keyboard around, to have percussion instruments around, yeah. to be like you were really immersed in music with your family, um, all different kinds of music. And, and I, it just reminded me, oh, yeah, I was too. Uh-huh. My grandfather was a huge opera fan and... Of course, now I'm an opera fan, um, and so I heard all of that, and I, and he would talk about it, and he, tears would come to his eyes, and mm. he would say, oh, this Puccini, you know, and this is my favorite opera, and he would tell her stories about how, you know, concert experiences that he had, and he played, he played the trombone, and playing, and just his experiences... Um, so I had opera. My mother was really into jazz. So, and in and we lived outside of Philadelphia. So we had a really excellent music uh, radio station. Mm-hmm. So I listened to all kinds of music um, for you know from an early age, and um, you know not not vocal music. You know I didn't. There wasn't oh, a lot yeah. of singing going mm-hmm. on. So I never really thought of myself. Actually, just starting with Sunflower was when I first started kind of singing with my own children. Uh-huh. You know, singing, um, and they were just like, ah, you know. So I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a great singer, but I'd love to sing. I love songs. And my mother, the vocal coach, mm-hmm. always says everyone can sing. Everyone can sing, and you may decide to practice and so that you can improve your tone, improve your pitch. Those are things that you can work on, but you don't have to. You can sing and there are no rules. You don't have to learn how to do it right to be allowed to use that voice of yours. Really, and um, you know, there's that we, we all have that gift. We all have that, that right to express ourselves. So um, be careful that you don't say things like, you know, like, oh, well, I can't, I'm not a musician. I can play the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there have been people that were my age or older that have started instruments, you know, because it spoke to them. 
and they became amazing musicians Mm -hmm. or not amazing, amazing musicians to them because they were doing it. Um, They're not going to go and play like Yo-Yo Ma, but um, but just, you know, to have all that that joy and learning at any age. Yeah. I also think it's very important to remember that we create pressure where there need be none and with visual art as well or with uh with theater i feel children naturally find their way to the the arts and as we were discussing in the previous episode when they find their way there that can be this trigger for the adults to say, oh, we need to nurture this. Oh, we need to bring this out. Oh, we need to make it official. (laughs) But that is, in my experience, what has driven very talented individuals away from what they are initially drawn to. Because as soon as it's a rule or a, a must, then it's no longer your heart's desire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, really good point. Um, I went to music school with some real good examples. Of, you know, amazing players, a flute player and an oboist. He was my best. He was one of my best buds. Mm-hmm. Amazing musicians, and they were pushed and pushed and pushed from an early age to play, 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 and they graduated from university. And they both gave up their instrument. They mm. never played again once they graduated with their degree. Yeah. And um, and one, uh, the flute player, wanted to be a flight attendant. You know, and she, it was it was the most wonderful thing. You know, she wanted to fly. She wanted to travel. She mm-hmm. didn't want to be playing the flute. Mm-hmm. And the oboist is uh, a an an orthodontist. <laughs> And 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 uh, and creates you know makes teeth you know and he used to just fiddle with the he was amazing carving um, you know reeds which is what you need oh, to do if you're an oboist uh-huh. it's a difficult task because wow. you have to create you have to make your own reeds and so he made made teeth and just bam. and quite possibly he discovered this ability to do really tiny oh. minute things with his hands from that it, it, it was it definitely unexpected that yeah but. And, the reed was a real pain uh-huh. to him, and and the t- I'm, I'm sure so he's he's very wealthy, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's um, he's had a happier life. Yeah, because it was not it wasn't his choice mm-hmm. to play. So we have to be careful of not you know kind of living vicariously through our children sure. to. Um, you know, like, oh, I wish that I had had that opportunity. I'm going to make sure that my child gets to do all of these things. Um, really listen to them, really watch them. And um, and it kind of goes into the, the idea of of formal instruction in a, in a lot of levels mm-hmm. from, you know, being a young child, you know. So you, you are, you're watching really carefully, and they might say that they... Um, they love this or that, or they're really interested in this and that. But you want to keep it, keep it open ended, so that so that they don't get that that pressure to have it be a certain way, because that's also restricting restricting their their creativity, their their innovative uh, inspirations, mm-hmm. all of those things that that um, you know we could be be squelching things. Un- unknowingly. Yes. And we definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, this is so interesting. It really is is bringing up 
all of these thoughts about how this is just curiosity when you really strip it down. It's, it's that when we make it into an imperative and that only a professional can be an artist, when we have that, that judgment in our own minds because we were taught from society to believe that only the best get to get to do it. It's mm -hmm. you only get that privilege of making art if you're really, really good at it. And I think just reflecting for myself now, uh, I I would have felt so hemmed in and and uh, squished by having to choose. I think that I would be much less happy as a grown person if I was pigeonholed from an early age because I was good at X, Y, or Z. If you see that your child is naturally drawn towards numbers, for example, we were talking about a, a young child who is showing great promise in math and obviously is really drawn to numbers and, and understands them at, at, a, at four years old. It's amazing. Uh, but that's not all that she is. And I would never want to uh, to create those limitations so that a person feels as if they are only capable of doing one thing. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, or, or, you know, you know my... I have an example of, of one of my sons was doing all kinds of math in his head at a young age um, before he went to school. And, you know, he could multiply and divide, and it was amazing. And, um, and then when he got to school, when he went to school, they told him, oh, no, oh, no, you, you know, you don't, you're too young to know how to do that, you know, and you have to use your fingers. It's, it's one, one in four will be one, two, three, four, five, you know, and, and he came home and he was doing that. I'm like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. He said, you know, you can do that in your head. You, you've added up, you know, double digits in your head. Mm -hmm. um, what are you doing? He said, well, no, they know the teacher said I have to do it. Seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, that's how I'm going to do it. And to this day, he, he sent me a, a little video of him, you know, doing, you know, some potting some things. And, you know, and, and he said, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm not good at math. And he it, it was really good at math. So it kind of squelched it. Mm -hmm. And it, it speaks to that, that quote that you had said, you know. Yes, but uh, I've, I've heard this throughout my life from uh, first I remember hearing it from uh an English teacher when we were learning poetry in mm. in sixth grade and this teacher said you have to learn the rules before you can break them and you have to learn the rules yeah <laughs> before you can break them you have to know what the rules are before you can break them theoretically okay it's, I guess that logically makes sense uh, but I remember writing poetry before I had this this formal lesson in sonnet writing, and I wondered, well, why is that more poetry than what I did? Mm -hmm. Why is that real and mine is fake? I didn't I didn't understand. 
Yeah, and and what yours was was this natural expression that no one has ever heard of before, mm-hmm. and you put rules on that, and then it becomes something else. Yes. Um, I had a similar experience with with playing music. I my mother was you know she could read some music, but she was primarily self taught, and so she would we would play we play jazz we would improvise. She'd play a tune, um, and and I would just play you know improvise along. I did not know what chord she she didn't know what chord she was playing. I didn't, and it was fun. It was one of the one of the few really beautiful connections mm-hmm. that she and I had that was a real treasure to me. And when I hear music that we used to play, it it makes me kind of cry because I'm thinking wow. Those were the good times with my mother. So we're playing, and I get to high school, and my band director and I told me, he said, so what What, what do you like to do? I love to play. I love to play with my mom. We, we play bossa novas together, and, and it's just so much fun. So he said, oh, well, you know, tell me, you know, what what's the chord progression? Do you, do you know how to improvise over, over this diminished chord and this chord and that chord? And I, I didn't know anything, but he just... Put those rules on me tight, mm-hmm. and I from from that really I think from that day on until you know even still now, mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured well I don't know what I'm doing I don't I don't know you know, and I lost that you know I was told you know no it has to be this way, right. you know, mm-hmm. and we want we want the, we don't want the rules to show up until later, and. Each of us has to kind of determine that for ourselves, but as parents with children, I think we can be more careful about that kind of thing, you know, because they have so much to offer. Yeah. And we want we want to hear and see and have them really know that about themselves um, before those rules come on. <laughs> Thank you, as usual, for joining us here today. We would love to hear what you think about the show. If you have any stories you'd like to share with us about being with children, we would love to hear them. You can send us an email at lindsay at sunflowercreativearts.org or you can send us a message on Instagram at sunflowercreativearts. The Sunflower Bridge podcast is kindly sponsored by Schweitzer Musical Productions. See you next time.